Hey, and welcome to another episode of Tomversation. My name is Tommy Jacket, and today I've got Angelo Jafrida joining me on the show. He's the co-CEO and co-founder of NextGen Digital. He's, uh, I use his service to power all of my websites and all of my uh, previous business websites, Ventra IP. Um, Angelo, welcome, mate. Well, thank you. It's been a long time since we last spoke on a podcast. I remember back in the uh, the TDS days, yeah. um, you guys came out here and you saw this office and I think this whole like COVID situation has kind of caused everyone to go remote. So, yeah. everyone always thinks it's a background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is real. This is real. Do a, we do a dance on the couch for A few things that weren't in existent when we last saw each other, um, face-to-face conversations. That was what, no, that is one. There's actually three face-to-face conversations. Uh, your, um, your child as well. You, yes. In your office. Yes, as you can see in the background. You have yeah. a baby change table in your background. That's a- <laughs> Behind it is also a baby seat too. Um, it's for when I, when I have really bad days, I like to just curl up in it and just rock back and forth. Yeah. The other was COVID. That wasn't in existence when, yep. when we met. But when I did meet you, I, uh, I was we were chatting and I mentioned, um, we were talking about kids. I think I was mentioning my kid, as you do when you have a child. You like to lead with that, you know. Have a look at this photo. Look how cute he is. But I said to you, uh, do you want to have children? Because you were really sort of keen on like, oh, baby. And you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then fast forward a couple of years and you have a beautiful little boy. Well, yeah, I think actually when we spoke, I, we had started the journey. So I think I actually said, yeah, look, it's not really commonly known yet, um, but we are doing surrogacy um, So through surrogacy. So, yeah, I think it literally had just started. So that's amazing. That's, amazing. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, he's he's a he's a eight month, eight and a half now. I've got to get it right. Um, my husband keeps reminding me. He's like, no, he's nearly nine months. I'm like, all right, fine, nine months. Um, and he's just a terror. He's just a monster. Uh, he's absolutely beautiful. Um and such a handful and it's just yeah it's been it's been a very fun journey for the last uh, eight eight and a half months um into learning and seeing and watching him grow and even like i saw a photo of him from uh, as, as a baby like actually no I, I lied our surrogate sent me resent me a video that I had sent her when we were, when we were in a, when we got back to Australia, because we had to do the hotel quarantine. But when we got back home and I was sitting on the couch and I just fed Hunter, and I had sent Kayla, the surrogate, a video just to say, hi, honey, Kayla, how are you? Um, and he was a real baby, like an actual baby baby. And then she sent it back to me uh, and said, look how much has changed. And it's moments like that that you go, holy wow, like how, how much have they changed? Or you walk past the Google home and you see a photo of, um, you know, a photo of, of, I see a photo of Hunter or a video, you know, the first family photo that we took in when we were in Boston because yeah. um, he was born in Rhode Island. So we went out for Boston to Boston for the weekend um, and took a photo on the pier. And I'm like, what, where, where, where is this baby gone? Is now this big boof yeah. um, that's, you know, he crawl, like crawling and standing up and not quite walking yet, thankfully. Um, I'm dreading that. I'm, I'm kind of hope, hoping he doesn't walk because I know he's already a handful um, as he crawls and yeah. as he plays and as he, yeah. So as soon as he's on his two feet, it, that's it, he's gone. Um, he'll be running. Yeah. He'll be running. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing because you, uh, with them all the time, you don't notice the change as much. It's kind of like my hair going grey. I haven't noticed it, but fuck, other people around me have. You know what I mean? Do you, do you, do you colour it? Because it, it's, no, not, no, it's not grey no. now. No, but should I? Is that what you're saying? 
I don't know. No, I, I, don't, I don't. I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't have said. I mean, it, maybe you've got a filter on. No, no, uh, no, no filter. <laughs> I, I look like I'm blushing too. I'm a bit hot. Um, no, Angelo, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Uh, our last chat on the Daily Talk Show, which you can you can find. I'll put actually put that in the show notes. We got into some sort of tech depth, discussed a lot. Uh, a lot of stuff. Um, my co-host Josh was very excited, and um, and it was very interesting. Very interesting. You have a, a depth of knowledge on all things tech, but today I want to kind of talk about two things: surrogacy, and also uh, a rabbit hole that I'm going down, which um, involves a, a domain name. You are the elected non-executive director of .au Domain Administration Limited, so like there is actually no one better for me to speak to about this case. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But I, I was I was hearing about surrogacy recently. What's the legalities in Australia with surrogacy for same-sex or, I guess, families? For families. families. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a lawyer, so I, I may be speaking out of place. But from my understanding, um, from going through the journey, I'll talk about it from my experience. There may, legalities may have changed. But I believe it is illegal to partake in commercial surrogacy in Australia. And I talk, I'm based in Melbourne, like yourself. So I talk specifically about Victoria um, and New South Wales. But Victoria, it is illegal to um, partake in surrogacy, mm. uh, commercial surrogacy. So you can't have a contract or an agreement. Um, so that's Victoria. New South Wales, it's actually also illegal to partake in overseas commercial surrogacies, but it's never been tested. So if we were based in New South Wales, if I lived in New South Wales or in Sydney, and I did what we did, which is the commercial surrogacy overseas, that is also still illegal um, from my understanding, but it's just never been tested or never been tried. No one ever no one ever goes after it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a law that's not ever spoken about, but it, but it exists. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Victoria, it's um, okay to do overseas commercial surrogacy. There's no laws prohibiting that, but you can't do it in Australia. So our surrogate, as I said earlier, Hunter was born in Rhode Island, um, and our surrogate is based in Rhode Island. Yeah. And, yeah. The, 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 I mean, we've never been in a time where local state law is more prominent than COVID days. Like seeing the difference as you cross the border. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. It is. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's incredibly stupid. And I don't, I don't know, it, it, it always wonder, makes me wonder like, what, what are they trying to protect? Yeah. And even in, even in the U S like some of the States in the U S don't allow, like there's either three categories. There's either the, the it's, it's blanket not allowed. So surrogacy, commercial surrogacy is not allowed for I'm talking same sex. Uh, it is allowed and you can have a pre-birth order. So that means that you will essentially have a judge in that state draw an order up for the hospital that names, um, in my case, Shane and myself as the parents on the birth certificate and not the surrogate. Um, or you have a post-birth order state, which is that you have a court order that's drawn up that will, uh, when the child's born, mm-hmm. it'll name the surrogate on the birth certificate as the mother, despite there being no biological link. She's literally just the oven. Um, and the father, so the, the, the sperm donor, yes. or my, you know whoever donated the sperm, yep. as the father. And then you have a post-court order where you go through and you have her, or um, the surrogate, I'm going to say her, because <laughs> obviously females can give birth. Yep. Uh, you have the surrogate that's struck off the birth certificate. So they only have one parent listed on the birth certificate. Uh, and then if you come back, when you come back to Australia, then have to go through the case of adopting um, for the other partner, which is a pretty, I think it's just, I think it's more of a paperwork procedure. But it always makes me think, like the states that don't allow it 
um, at all blanket. It's like, what, what what are they trying to protect? And from my understanding and from my speaking, it's a lot of old old laws and same as like you can't do commercial surrogacy in Australia. I think it's about protection of like exploitation of children okay. to not like have you know, children that are exploited or have children for the sake of, I don't know, I want to say child harvesting. Yeah. Um, it's probably the wrong words to use, but I think that's what it's trying to protect. But yeah, it is, it makes it so incredibly difficult um, and so incredibly time consuming and brain melting yeah. to, to, to even understand where to start with surrogacy um, in having a family. So a process that, you know, not only nine months to, <laughs> to incubate a baby, you know, in a womb, but then you've got these other months at either side that you have to do all the chasing around your agency, your spur, your IVF clinics, uh, then your surrogacy, then the actual surrogacy, the transfer. It's, it's a, it's a long process. It really is a long process. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's go back to the start. I want to speak. I want I want you to talk about those those early days, the conversations with your husband, and and then when it actually started to become a reality that maybe this is this is going to happen. Well, we I think the conversation with Shane originally started um, in we wanted to have a family, so it was it was kind of identifying and looking at um, ways that we could start a family. So we looked at adoption. And that was the first thing. Um, and then, I mean, kind of being, we're like, ideally want a baby to start. Um, and it's very hard to find adoption for a baby, um, which is, I suppose, a good thing. It means people are, you know, having birth, giving birth in Australia and, and not putting their children up for adoption. So I suppose it's a good thing that there's not a lot of babies. Um, but it was a very tiresome, and it's very, and it's a very con- a long-winded process. And then we stumbled across surrogacy. Um, which was we use one of us as the sperm donor. We find an anonymous egg donor, um, and then we find a surrogate um, who can carry that the embryo and and basically put us uh, our our bub in the oven. Um, like a- Angelo, is it like all things? Is it go to Google first and type it in? And oh yeah, hundred percent. Is it like yeah, a, a price list? Like what's this going to cost us? Our hip pocket? Like- it is. <laughs> it, it, the, the most mind-blowing thing about the whole surrogacy is how commercialized it is, especially in America. It's literally a business, um, and it is a business. And we, when we, we we decided to go down the route of going through an agency, so a surrogacy agency that essentially manages the process, the process for you um, and then coordinates with the IVF clinics. They will have a uh, you know an IVF clinic that they use or they partner with that you go and make the sperm deposit. They'll have – you pick egg donors, and it's literally like going on Tinder – um, it's an anonymous egg donor, so you don't actually know their names. You've got a you know a six or seven digit code. They've got a bunch of photos. Um, you then have medical history. They have information about them. Um, what photos? Did actually try- what, what what are you seeing? They our egg donor had photos of herself, uh, obviously. So you can see um, and an anonymous. Her- you meaning you you don't know their name, but you can see photos don't know their of name. them. Sorry, yes. And even if you reverse image search the photos, which you we have. thought, oh, which- gonna, yeah, of course we, of course I did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're going to find her on Facebook. Yeah. Um, no, they couldn't find anything for them. So I think wow. it's kind of photos that they get instructed and told to use photos that are not, you know, that they don't use on social media um, or, you know, worldwide or, you know, on the internet. So, yeah, well, I don't even know who, who she, I know where she's from. She's from California. Um, I know what she looks like. I know her family history. So I know where, you know, her grandparents came from. I know what medical, you know, history they have in their family. Um, but I don't know who she is. Wow. Okay. And yeah. Wow. And so, um, you've you've gone onto the website. You've obviously connected with this agency, and the agency, yeah. 
and and they push us off to a to the to, to find the egg donor. So through, that's through like it was through them, but it, uh, there's other agencies that operate that are just egg that are just egg donor agencies. So they will, and then there's just surrogate agencies. So they essentially our agencies, like as I said, a manager. They will speak to the agencies that they're partnering with. We had access to an egg database, so we could pick through. It was like swiping through Tinder, and it was so superficial because you're literally looking at photos um, mm. to say, oh, I want my, you know, I know what. I look like is the sperm side. I know. I know what I want to bring. You know the the egg donor side. Um, so you're swiping through. You pick them. You pick your egg donor. Um, you you tell your agency, and then they'll go and see if there's eggs available um, for them. Either frozen. You can either do frozen. They may have already done an egg. Egg drop, uh, an egg extraction. I don't know the, the the medical phrase. An egg extraction, and they may have them frozen at an IVF clinic, or they may do fresh. Um, a fresh extraction, um, and then they try to coordinate that and line that up. So that's so essentially say, good, if there's eggs available or there's a schedule available, they can donate eggs. Ideally, they want to use, they want to, from my understanding, it's it's okay to use frozen frozen eggs, um, and I'll get to the point because Hunter's eggs were frozen, um, yeah. and there's a reason why. Um, but they what they try to do is they try to line up to use fresh eggs because apparently they don't, thaw very well um you might have you know 16 eggs that have come from the one so basically the 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 egg donors uh taking back a step are medicated and their cycles are controlled so that rather than releasing one or two eggs like they would naturally through ovulation they release a a lot more eggs um so it's a process that they go through they get a a fee for it because it's a commercial service um and then the eggs get frozen so the reason they try to use fresh eggs is because they don't thaw very well um Sperm, on the other hand, uh, freezes and thaws very well and fine. So, it, so we had to go to America, make a sperm deposit. Wow. Um, and which we did. Well, I think you can now do it because of COVID. It's changed a lot. We literally got in just before COVID. Um, I think we can now. I don't know the legalities around it, but I think there has been cases in Australia where they've done the sperm deposit at an IV clinic, IVF clinic in Australia, in Melbourne, and then they've fro- it's been frozen and then shipped to to the IVF lab overseas. Wow. But there are some laws around the exportation of medical um, medical because medical I don't say it's not medical waste but medical like even like we couldn't import an embryo in Australia you can't export an embryo in Australia so there's legalities around it but I I know that for COVID there was some rule changes that sperm can be deposited in an IVF clinic in Australia and then sent overseas Um, but for our case we went overseas so we went overseas for went to LA went to the IVF clinic in LA basically did the deed Um, it was very awkward Um, in a room as myself what's the um, LA if you've never been, it's everything you think it will be from from movies. It's uh, you know high end, homeless. It's got everything in between, glitz and glamour. What is a clinic like walking into in LA? Busy. Photo it was wall. Very, Fo- photo very busy. wall on the way in. A celebrity photo wall. <laughs> No, they have a photo, they had a photo wall, wall of the globe um, of the world on the wall, and they had little pins as to where everyone was from that's done yeah, wow. egg, egg donate. So it was, it was beautiful, and then he had a and that's where our IVF doctor was as well, where Dr. Kumar worked out of, um, and it was his clinic. So yeah, so there's there was yeah it was a, it was a day experience. There was lots of paperwork that we had to pre-fill out. Uh, then we had a medical screen, so they took blood, they did a medical screen. Um, then we basically did the I basically did the deed in a cup, which was yeah. <laughs> I was there like that. It was awkward. I mean, yeah. it was it was a kind of like I was it was so so it was a small room. Um, 
they tell you what to do beforehand. It had like the medical sheet on the couch. It was like a casting couch. It was awful. They had like a medical sheet. There was a television on the wall with a remote and there was like a USB in there with, you know, material, pornographic material to help. Um, And I was like, hey, can I just have the Wi-Fi password? Um, I don't want to use (laughs) it. And then there's a cup and then they give you the instructions of, you know, you've got to get it in the cup and don't try to, you know, it's all sanitary and no one else is allowed to be in there. And then you do it and then you leave it. And you got to go wash your hands, and you bring a doorbell to tell them you're done. It's just, yeah, it was. Wow. It was kind of see. It was kind of without sounding. It was very like seedy, and yeah, I don't know. It was weird. And I, I, could, I remember being in the room, and I could hear the toilet because there's a bathroom next door, and the toilet, the the system on the toilet was like leaking, so I could just keep hearing it filling up. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you're in this quiet room, and yeah, I don't it's know, amazing it's the little things that stick out. I I think it would be hard to not do it any other way. Like, it sounds like they've given it the best chance of not feeling like that, but it's hard to avoid it. It's hard. The the process you just spoke through then, and we will continue with the process, it sounded like it's rigid, it's uniform, it's checks and balances. It is. What about the emotional side? What is? It's so medical. It's so medical. Yeah, and and I think medical removes emotion at some point because it needs to hit every step to make it a success for you though what's angelo feeling what were you going through look it was it was we we did the um we did it with some friends as well i don't want to say in the the same room it was not they also were going through a separate journey um so they also made their own deposits and and funnily enough shane because shane didn't make a deposit because he wasn't the sperm um if you look at my son you'll see exactly who the sperm donor is uh i don't say the sperm donor but whose sperm we used because it's quite clear it's like a mini me um but uh, our two friends did as well, and Shane sat in the waiting room and timed each one of us to see how long we all took in the process. <laughs> it was it was a big it was an emotional day. Um, we were doing video journals as well, so we did um, video journals like through the surrogacy process um, that we plan on giving Hunter when he's older to show him the journals. So we've got di- like I would say diary entries, but we did one before you know before the clinic. We did one leading up when we decide after we spoke to the agency. It's a little milestone ones. It was. We were, I think we were excited. I think it was excited. I just, it was kind of like, we knew that there was a long way to go. Emotionally, I knew there was a long way to go. Like, this was only step one. So, what they try to do is they then try to do a, fre- a fresh egg extraction, defrost the sperm with fresh eggs, and then create an embryo from a fresh egg and a, and a defrosted sperm, rather than defrosting the sperm and defrosting the egg to create the embryo, because the eggs can don't defrost well, and you've got, you've got a higher chance of probability of a successful pregnancy from using fresh eggs. So that's why. So I knew that we had a lot of the process to go. Like we hadn't even found a surrogate. Oh, have we found a surrogate yet? I don't think we had found a surrogate yet. It literally, it, it, the, 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 the process, the, the sperm deposit, the egg donation, um, and then the surrogate can happen co- coincided, coincidentally, what I'm trying to look for, concurrently. Okay. Um, but it's uh, but they each take their own time. So we had done the sperm deposit. We had found the egg donor because um, that was lined up, and then we were now look, still looking for the surrogate. And the thing is, we picked the egg donor. Um, so I'll take it back a step as well. We picked. So basically, wrapping up, going my thoughts. I knew there was a long way still to go before okay. we even had an embryo because we hadn't even found a surrogate yet. Um, and the process is, we pick the we the intended parents pick the egg donor, um, but the surrogate picks the intended parents. So we, Shane and I wrote a profile about ourselves. We put photos in it. We talked about why we wanted a family. Um, and then the surrogate basically does the reverse of what we did with the egg donor. They go into a, their surrogate agency and they swipe through photo intended parents to pick, to say who do they want to carry? Whose baby do they want to carry? Um, 
so we were waiting for a, and that took, that process took about three months from when we put our, I uh, suppose we sent the agency our PDF with, you know, it was a slide with yeah. the photos in it and, and information about us and why we wanted a family and talking about, you know, the, what was important to us and what, fa- you know, uh, it's, it's, a, yeah, it was, I think, a f- five or six slides and some people make videos and, you know, yeah. some people, it's like a school project where people go to like a street and they make the whole, um, <laughs> the whole video. But yeah. essentially, so the, so the surrogate goes through. So we were still waiting for a surrogate to pick us, essentially. Yeah, um, wow. So we knew, so I knew like when we did the sperm deposit, it was still the hurdle of going, okay, I know my medical results haven't come back from the IVF clinic yet. They've got the medical results of the egg donor on file, but we were looking for a fresh egg extraction. So we don't even know if we're going to chemi- chemically match if it's, cause they're trying to, as you said, they're trying to line up all, every piece, they try to control every piece of a pregnancy, of a natural pregnancy to get the absolute best success. Yeah. And that's why it's so particular. And I mean, you, you, and it now makes sense when you're on that side and you look at couples that try to conceive and they try and they try and it's so difficult. It's because it's, na- it's natural, but there might be elements that just don't line up genetically and, or there might be, you know, just, just certain things that happen. Whereas in an IVF, you don't have that time. You can't keep trying and trying and trying. And a lot of, a lot of IVF people, and a lot of people do. And it's very, it is incredibly, exhausting and tiresome and an emotional roller coaster but they're trying to control every facet of it so mm. we hadn't even had the results of my blood work we hadn't had the results they knew her blood work um so we knew that we we weren't even we may not even have been a match with the egg donor so we may have had to pick another egg donor um and then the same thing with the surrogate we didn't know if the well that's after you get the embryo but then they do the testing on the embryo to make sure it matches with the surrogates um, you know, there's no, uh, there's a lot of things that like you, I learned through the process now I've forgotten, but a lot of like little viral or genetic things that you might have markers in your, in your chromosomes, in your, on your, on your DNA from your blood that aren't ideal with the other opposite match. So that's what they try to look for. So uh, yeah, so emotionally I knew there was a long way to go. I mean, yeah. like we've got the sperm, it's done. They showed you, they showed me on, on under a microscope. It's mind boggling. Wow. Uh, like a, like a pen head drop of sperm, how crazy it like it looks and it's so full on and so so much movement yeah it's yeah it's it's, it's my li- it's, it's it's the early stages of life it's one part of the it equation is. it's it is and i kept saying everyone just do you want to see my, my do you want to see my sperm <laughs> and they're like not really i'm like it's not a cup full it's not a photo of a cup it's a photo of like the under the microscope and you oh can my just god say, yes can you text that to me thank you i will, I will show you i'll I show you yeah, i've got a video of it um Amazing. And that was emotional that was be- like as, as, as cheesy as it sounds it was beautiful to see because it's the start of life and you're like wow like there's in, in a pinhead in a penhead rather in a penhead drop on a slide because they want to check to make sure that your sperm's okay and that there's yeah. actually live yeah. sperm uh, and then they get an approximate approximate I don't even know what they how they what the phrase they use, but the approximate number of sperm that will be in that sample, like in the whole deposit. Yes, yeah, um, based on that little yeah, yeah. like a count. A count. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. Count. That's a good word. Um, I've, I've watched a lot they, of American movies, you know, <laughs> going to the sperm bank, watch your sperm count, all that stuff. Yes, yes. So they essentially do all that. Um, and it was amazing to see because you literally go through this process and you see the start of life. And you're like, one of those little things on screen are gonna start the journey. And they're going to pick one out. They're going to cut the tail because they cut the tail. I'll explain why. What? Uh, and then they cut the tail of the sperm because they they basically inject when the egg comes. They inject the sperm into the egg, um, but because they're manually doing it, the sperm doesn't have to naturally attach the egg in, and as it does in nature. They cut the tail because the tail can actually damage the egg wow. because they're putting it straight in. 
they they cut the tail off. Apparently, that's what they do. No. Are we like lizards? Do we drop it off? You know, is it or is it? This is just a. Is it? Ha- yeah, I think we do. I think we do drop it off. I don't think it, it actually. So it, it the the tail, from my understanding of sperm, is only to assist it in moving. Okay. And because it's being injected. Yeah, because it's being injected in the egg, opposed to sticking to the side of the egg. And you know what? What, what comes to my mind? It's the bright. It's got the Brian Adams. It's a movie. I can't remember what it is. It was like 1995, 1996. It's got Brian Adams as the as the opening song, and it's the egg. Um, I don't know what movie it is. What movie is Brian Adams? It was he was the opening song. Um, I can't remember. You probably find it in Google. I but googled yeah, it. It came up with some pretty random stuff that I'm not going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> On the I, road, I, 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 no. Kick ass, summer of '69. No, these are. I think there's a musician as well, Brian Adams. Yeah. No, no, Brian Adams. It is a Brian Adams song. It is a Brian Adams song over the um, songs used. Okay, used in over movie the movie opening. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hang on, I'll say what it is. Yeah, um, Brian, okay. the, yeah, actually, you're right. There is, Brian Adams has. He's got some has had a lot of. Holy hell, he's got a lot of songs and a lot of movies. Anyway. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can remember what it is, but you know, it reminds me. And it's and the starting of that movie is no, it's not. I can't even find it. The problem the is he's been movie, dropping actual. He's been dropping songs as of twenty twenty one. So he's got too well, much. His catalog is still too active. Big. Well, it says on YouTube he has, but anyway, that's madness. Anyway, so the, I get the, the, I get the picture. The, uh, uh, the sperm wiggling. The opening scene is the egg and the sperm. Yes. And, yeah. Um, I don't even know what movie it is. Though. I, I, anyway. Um, and that's all I see in my head. But yes, because of that, naturally in nature, I think the tail does fall off, or it does. It doesn't really matter by the time I think by the time the sperm gets to the egg, it's exhausted and it's done, and it's not going to wiggle around anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But because they're putting it straight in, they don't want to damage the the side of the egg, um, so they cut the tail off, which is a little useless fact to know. Now you know oh, dinner parties when you have it in trivia. In IVF, yeah. do they cut? What do they do to the sperm through and, IVF? I mean, the first thing is off. how big's the knife? It's this is microscopic. <laughs> How does it, it even is. happen? I don't. I, it still blows my mind as to how they even, uh, even like doing the embryo, injecting it in to oh the egg, goodness. and then getting the embryo, and then uh, I talk like it's like as if you could see it, getting the embryo, and then transferring it into the surrogate. It's just yeah, uh, it blows my mind. Um, so you know, so, so it was amazing to see the, the the sperm on screen and go, that's the start of life. Like that is the start of your life. But also then, incredibly disheartening to know holy hell we have so much more still before we even have a date for a transfer before we even know that it's going to be transferred and then you've got even more time to wait is the pregnancy going to stick so we knew we had like months before we could even start but in terms of and the IVF doctor and that's the funniest part that I remember Dr. Kumar said he said uh, you guys men specifically the sperm is a very small part of this journey literally the smallest part. There's no other, you know, there, there's a lot more at stake. The egg donor is more important. You know, you're, you're very much not important, the sperm. To which my response was, well, do it without my sperm. Do it without the sperm and see how, how much of a baby you get. <laughs> but to, to, it really does, to give you the grand, the scale of it, it is the sperm part is like a tiny, tiny part of it, of a whole, you know, everything else has to stack up and line up. So I knew that was ahead. So it was exciting to go, holy, holy hell, we've completed, you know, one step, but we have another seven or eight that are, that are out of our control. Because this is really the only part that we can control because it's dependent on me. Whereas the surrogate matching, uh, the surrogate matching, the surrogate picking you is out of your control. The surrogate, your DNA or your, you know, your bloods, your, your medical records matching with the surrogate out of your control, your medical records matching with the proposed egg donor out of your control. Wow. Everything's out of your control. This is the only thing part of the process that you can control. 
Yeah, and we and you know we like to control things, and this is. Oh, I'm a control freak. I'm self-admitted <laughs> control freak. Like the fact that I couldn't control control things, and the, and this is the hardest part is that it's because it's in America as well. So we we ended up picking our egg donor. Said, yeah, I'm available to do a transfer. Uh, transfer. I'm available to do an egg drop, but something happened with her university. She was traveling to Mexico. And for before uni and then going back to university or college, that they call it in America. So she didn't have time to do the transfer, to do the transfer, to do the egg retrieval. I think call it egg retrieval. I like um, egg, egg drop sounds, you know. Egg drop, egg drop. <laughs> she didn't have time to do a fresh egg drop, um, but because of her, because she was traveling to Mexico, and you can't, you have to wait like six weeks or eight weeks after going to Mexico. Some like some some countries they don't. Our IVF clinic was, was critical of it and saying, no, no, they have to wait at least eight weeks. Okay. Um, I don't even know how much COVID's played a part in that now, if that even matters. Like, the, we literally did this all before, just before COVID. Yeah. Um, so, we were told by the agency, through the IVF clinic, to our agency, from the egg donor's agency, so there's a lot of Chinese whispers, that our egg donor, 7643, whatever her number was, was not available to do a fresh egg drop. However, the IVF clinic had frozen eggs of hers that were done from a previous drop that were um they had like 21 i think they had 21 eggs which is a lot of eggs from the one drop um and that this particular egg donor has had a successful well there was a successful pregnancy from frozen eggs of hers okay so the odds were so it was either the, the choice we got to make so we've gone through all this we've come back to australia um still waiting to find a surrogate to, to match with us and then we get told that sorry you might not either your egg donor is not available for a fresh egg drop. So if you want fresh eggs, have to pick a new new egg donor. Go through the medical pro- well, I've, my medical results are in file. So will the egg donors that we pick the new one if we pick that one? But then you have to go through that whole thing. Oh, cool! You can biologically match again. You're fine to use this one. So you hit the hurdle. The hurdle was sorry, you match. You're great. Medically, she's cleared. Medically, you clear after her. The eggs will be fine. But she can't do a fresh egg drop. So you need to use frozen. If you want, you can use frozen eggs. If those frozen eggs weren't available, then we would have had to go through the whole process again in finding wow. a new egg donor. Wouldn't have had to do the sperm deposit again because at this point the sperm's safely frozen because they haven't even started to defrost that yet um, until it's ready to be uh, create, create the embryo embryos. Um, so we said, you know what, we, with our particular agency, we did a guaranteed birth. So you could do like the pricing models, as I said, commercially. So we could either pay ad hoc for every step of the journey or you pay us, you know, you pay a, a package fee and it's guaranteed, um, in the sense that if you have to do another, you know, sperm deposit or another egg deposit, if it doesn't work, or they have to defrost more eggs, the agency covers the cost because it's a guaranteed birth. As I, said, it's, I mean, it's a com- not to compare it to Venture IP, but the service that Venture IP offer is second to none. You pay up front for a year and boy, do you get support. You get what you want. Yeah, well, this is the thing. It's 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 like Ventra in the sense that it's uh, we, we've got custom slider hosting. So yes. you can, you know, it's like you pick your disk space, pick your bandwidth. Yep. That's essentially the same thing. And it's so commercial in the surrogacy. You can either do ad hoc with an agency, ad hoc by yourself, which is I would not recommend at least, at least if you don't know the process at all, yeah. I'd recommend going through an agency. Or then if you want the peace of mind that it's going to, you know, it could cost you 60 grand or it could cost you 180 because you now have to do different egg donor, da, 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 yes. da, or you go for the 150 midway or whatever, whatever the agency charges, and that's your guaranteed rate. And they will do everything and you're guaranteed to have a baby at the end of it. Wow. Um, so yeah. su- surrogacy, this is where you don't have the choice. So let me get this straight. They pick you. You don't pick them. The, the surrogate picks you, yes. And then it all has to line up. So if everything does align and this person, I guess that's a big thing for them. It's nine months. 
my 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 wife has birthed two of our children. I've seen the state of her during those pregnancies, and what what a selfless thing. I'm sure it there's is. there's money in it for her, but it's you know it, these things go beyond the money. Money is just 100%. this thing, this token that exchanges for something that is way way beyond whatever you get. And so, um, have you met her? Do you know yes, her now? Yes, yeah, we met Kayla. We met Kayla. We met Kayla um, before when we when we went up. We went up to an ultra scan in the middle of COVID um, when she was pregnant with Hunter, um, and then we've uh, met her there. And then we obviously were there for the birth. But yeah, we're we're close. We speak to Kayla probably every day. Wow, um, and, and her family. Can she's got two kids? She's okay. been a surrogate before yeah. us. She was a surrogate. Um, she had a miscarriage with one of her surrogates. She was actually surrogate twice. One of them was a miscarriage. Uh, and then one of them was a successful, a live birth, I think is what they call it. Um, and then we were her third surrogacy. Um, and it's not about the money. And I can tell you that it's not about the money because she just wants to bring joy. She loves being pregnant. Um, and her husband won't let her have any more kids. She's got two. He's like, no more. So, um, and I, I think when we spoke to her originally, the reason, that's the first question that I asked her. Is when, sorry. So after she picks you, you then get her profile and then you get a choice of saying, do you want to have a meeting with her, like a Zoom meeting? Um, and then you get to talk and see if you, if you, if you feel a vibe and then you go, cool, let's go. Um, so we, we, that's the first question I asked when we got her profile back with her family and it was about why her pro, she read ours. She said, yes, I'm going to be, I want to be a surrogate for these intended parents. Then we get a copy of hers and it talks about why she does surrogacy and why she wants to be a surrogate and about, about, a bit about her family. And honestly, um, like it includes information as to what job she has, this particular surrogacy agency that we went through and that surrogate agency that they use requires that the surrogates are employed. So they don't do it the for the, they don't do surrogacy as employment. They yeah. still have a job. They do it as for whatever other reason. So it explains that. So so that's one of the requirements of that particular agency. Some don't, um, and they have to do the, like the whole psychological te- like test, not testing, but psychological study to make sure that they're psychologically okay, especially for a first time surrogate, that they're going to be you know okay with with the process because it's emotionally tolling, as you know, yes. to basically go through nine months of 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 cooking up a cooking up a baby Absolutely. to then hand it over um, so, and so know this, it's not yours. So this high stakes Zoom meeting is for her as well as you, her to Correct. decide if she likes you guys. The final, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and, and then was- asked to decide if we like her. Wow. And that's the first question I asked her is why why are you a surrogate? Like what 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 is it that drove you to be to do surrogacy? And um, she said, I just like money. No. <laughs> she said, I, it was my, before my father died, we, we spoke about doing surrogacy and I wanted to have another baby and I wanted to do something selfless for, for another couple who couldn't have a baby for whatever reason, either the same sex or they just couldn't get pregnant. I wanted to do surrogacy. I wanted to be a surrogate. And then my, and my father said, you should go for it and you should do it. And that's a beautiful gesture. And then her father passed away and never got to see it to see her be a surrogate so that's one thing that she wanted to do and it was because of her dad because her dad basically she said i want a a way to put to give something forward and they just and they talked about surrogacy and being a surrogate and she wanted to do it in memory of her dad um and she loved and then she did her first surrogacy um i think which was unfortunately the miscarriage and it was a pretty early on miscarriage um so i mean it's not that it makes it any better but it's you know psychologically it's i don't know a little it was it was but then she decided to go back again and do yeah. it again and that was a live birth so even still knowing that she had had a miscarriage to then go and say you know what i'm going to try again i don't know if they used 
if it was the same intended parent, I don't, I'm not sure on those specifics, or it was, you know, a new intended parent, and I don't know how much time lapsed between her miscarriage and, you know, trying again. But she said, I want to try again. And that was apparently, I don't want to talk out of place for Kayla, but I don't think she'll mind. Um, she didn't have a great relationship with the intended parent through that journey. Okay. It was very, very commercial. And that's fine because it's a commercial business and they, surrogates understand that, but she wanted really to have a relationship and wants to, you know, be able to, and she did until, um, <laughs> until the intended parent said, Hey, would you do a sibling journey? And Kayla said, I really didn't enjoy the first one because we just didn't have a good vibe. Um, and sorry. And then the intended parent blocked her on social media and she never sees photos of, of the, of the baby. And that was disappointing to her. So that was her, that was her job. Like when, when we spoke, first spoke to her on the zoom, it was on Skype. Um, and she was sitting in her car cause her kids were at, at inside. <laughs> she's got two kids. She's got a 12, Jonah's I think 12 or 13 and Aaliyah, Aaliyah is nine. Um, and a beautiful family, beautiful, beautiful family. And anyway, um, so that her thing was, what do you like? We, we spoke about in our presentation pack that she picked us from what we wanted like what, what was important about a surrogate for us and that we wanted a relationship and we want, you know, we don't want it just to be commercial. There's a special bond that exists between Hunter and Kayla that no one can ever understand, no one will ever understand, and it's important. And, and that's something that, we, that is important to us. So we wanted a relationship with our surrogate to continue after the surrogacy. And I, she wanted the same. So we matched on that, but then she wanted to just actually understand that in depth and talk about her history. And so, yeah, so the first question I asked is why, you, why do you, do you do surrogacy? Um, and that's the answer she gave me is because she wants to give forward. So yes, you're right. hundred percent. And the reason I can tell you it's not about the money is we are lucky enough, um, with Kayla at the moment to be going through a sibling journey. So that's oh, wow. a process that we're undergoing right now. Um, She's not pregnant yet. We've missed a transfer. It's a, it's once again, it's another roller coaster yeah. journey. We're using the same batch of embryos that were created, so it's technically Hunter's twin. Um, wow! Because they came from the same sperm deposit and they came from the same egg drop, so it's technically wow. his twin. What I really wanted to do was really do two separate surrogacy, two separate co co journeys. So start Kayla with Hunter, and then like six months into that one, do another one because they will be the kids will be four months or whatever it is for my my math doesn't work six months apart, but they will be biological twins. Wow, dude! And I thought, no, no, they've got they've got two dads. There's going to be enough at primary school for them. Yeah. We're not going to we're not we're not going to give yeah. them that. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. completely mind mind blow them like that. No. What, so yeah, what is so she's. So she's I mean, going again, and we wow. talked about her fee, and we want to pay her more because she's now her fourth surrogacy, and she's carried before. And as you get more surrogacy, it's like you get level ups. Um, you become more higher value. You can uh, you can charge more in your fee, but for her, it's not. She said, "No, I want the same. I don't want any more." And I said, "We have. We're going to give you more because you were. <laughs> we you, your fee was already low for someone who had already done surrogacy before, yeah, yeah. and you're now doing another journey. This is her last journey." She said, "Thankfully that." Um, that she would never, she would only ever do surrogacy. She, she was done with surrogacy, but she would only ever do it again if we wanted a sibling journey, um, which is which is amazing. And we said, cool, let's do. Let, we'd love a sibling journey. Um, and she said, yeah. So it's not about the money for her. So we said, no, we're definitely going to give you your fees going up. Um, but yes, lifetime, 100%. lifetime venture IP. Yeah, services. free hosting. Free. Yeah, free domain for the for the life of the domain. Everything. Uh, no, she's yeah. So it's not about for for her and 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 from the the friends that were doing the journey, and they've just got a beautiful daughter. Um, she, they they were delayed once again. That's a roller coaster. Yeah. They were delayed by some law changes. Their surrogate is in was in Pennsylvania. They were delayed by some insurance changes, so they had to wait. 
Um, so they were, they were basically put on hold for, put on ice for four months before they could do the transfer. Um, but knowing, and she was the first time as well, but knowing her name's America, um, knowing America as well as a surrogate, it was not about the money for her. It was about the experience, about the journey, about being pregnant, about carrying, about paying it forward and doing something for someone else that's selfless. So yeah, you're 100% right. It is, it is for a lot of surrogates, I think, look, there's a commercial side, it makes it easy to go, you know, nine months to make whatever, you know, 40K USD um, in a fee to carry baby for nine months. That's not bad. You know, that could motivate some people. But for a lot of surrogates, it's more about, I think, the, the experience about being pregnant and about doing something for someone. Yeah. Yeah, and and she has had children before, so she does know what toll it takes. On even body. even even um, our friend's surrogate has children. A, a lot of surrogates will have their own families. Will ha- already have had kids. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They'll normally be people who've already had kids. A lot of egg donors are the opposite. They've never had kids, but that egg donor is more of a commercial thing, I would imagine, because it's like our egg donor. Um, whatever her number was, whatever her ID was, she, I think her egg, I think for an egg drop, she got like 15K USD. It literally, she takes a couple of meds for a couple of months. It messes with her hormonal cycle. She does, she literally goes in, um, when she's ovulating, they extract the eggs, done, cool. Here's, you know, here's your fee. See you later. Thank you very much. And she can do that a couple of times. Yeah. Um, before Angelo, you mentioned, uh, that, you know, that your child has enough to think about same-sex parents. Like, these are just obviously questions you've asked yourself and thought about. What are some of the questions that are, you know, some people would love to ask that I'm sure you've done that work about this process and what it all means for the child? What are those some, some of those questions and what were the answers that you landed on? There's a lot of there's a lot of people who there's a lot of even in Melbourne even locally Melbourne there's a lot of like I, I say webinars now but they never used to be webinars because before COVID uh, they would actually go and you know town hall and you can go to speak speeches and and they have and quite often they have surrogacy talks and surrogacy groups there's a heap on Facebook um, if you're looking for male ones it's gay I think it's gay dads intended parents is it's a really good group on and it's Melbourne based. Um, and they essentially hold conferences or webinars where they have people talking and, and intended parents that don't have a child or are wanting to go through the process can learn more about it. It's like an information session. Um, and one of and quite often they'll have children who are born through surrogacy talk about the experience and there's some that are now, you know, teenagers um, and what they went through high school. That was a concern for that was an honest concern for us as well. We're like, hang on, you know, we, our, our child's already got to explain how he came about from two dads when he's in high school, and then go through surrogacy and who is Auntie Kayla? Like, how how does he, how does he comprehend or, or understand that? That was a lot of our a lot of our I don't say reservation, but a lot of concern for us. We're like, how do we, how do you broach that with a child, and how do they deal with that at school? And the lesson and the information that we got and we learned out of that from these pe- from people who have been born through surrogacy that have gone through school is they just don't know any different, and it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. And they're pr- and most people are proud, like are very much so. Everyone at, the, at, at these specific, specific that I've spoken to are all very proud and love the fact that they're from surrogacy and love the fact that they're that they've got a separate journey and that their separate their story about birth is not. It's not a common one. It's not a mum and dad, you know, met each other and they fell in love and they had a baby. Like there's a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of love, and it's and it's uh, it's so intentional. I mean, we can't Shane and I can't accidentally have a baby. It is such an intentional thought process that you are you put a lot of pressure on yourself as a parent 
because you've already put a lot of pressure on yourself, but it's even more so because you've like, I've gone to all this, this is all, you know, it's so, it's so conscious of the decision we make to have children. And I know a lot of heterosexual couples make conscious decisions, decisions as well, but because there is so many things involved in it, it is so, I don't know. I, I, so you, so you put a lot of pressure. So what I'm basically saying is you, you, the child is more likely to end up growing up in a very loving household because it is such an intentional decision. Yeah. And a lot of the people that got up were like, that, that spoke about, you know, going through school and have, being born through surrogacy were like, it was never an issue. It was never, we've, I've never been, never been picked on for it, never been bullied. It was never, never, the fact that I was born through surrogacy has never crossed my mind that I was any different to anybody else. I, lo- I embraced and, 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 and liked the fact that my birth and my story of coming about is different to everyone else's. And everyone yeah. else has a different story, but it is yeah. so different and so intentional. So yeah, so th- th- that's probably the biggest thing I learned. I was expecting to get worried and go, you know, these ha- hear from these children and these kids that have you know been bullied through high primary school and high school because they got two dads or two mums or they were born, you know, their person who gave birth to them was not their mother. But it's not at all. Like a- that's my preconceived notion as yeah. to what it would be like. But it, apparently, in the and you can you you know with your son, like the way that he interprets the world and the way that he with his friends, you would see it a different way and think, oh, that's bad. But kids are so innocent, and, yeah, and yeah, they don't. Yeah. And yeah, so that that was the biggest the biggest takeaway for me. The biggest like wow moment was how my 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 conceived notions as to what yeah. the child would be going through was nothing like what they were actually going well, through. What what are you using your beliefs, your experiences, and and your upbringing? As you know, the the basis of what he might be thinking, which is and times have changed, and times have changed. But aside from that, I think even I'm looking at it now as a 31 year old. I mean, 21, 21 year old, 21, 21 still 21. Yeah, yeah. It was your birthday uh, the other day? I said happy. Yeah, I was turned 21 again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it as someone who's had that 31 years of life experience to go. I think this is what it would be like in primary school. But my son or these particular kids have gone through primary school. And they don't have that life experience, and the the, peer, the peers around them don't either. So their perception of the world is completely different. And yeah, I, 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 that was the. To, to, I know it sounds like it's a novel little thing, um, but that was my one of my big concerns, and yeah. it was alleviated. Like from everyone who spoke, everyone's like, literally not an issue. Like that yeah. that I was born through surrogacy. Never thought it was any different. Yeah. Um, and then when they learn that it's different, they they embrace the fact that they're different. And I think well, it's a big thing these days. Like kids love to, kids want to stand out. And I, I think it goes all back to the like the the, the, the you know the dance mum eras where they want their kids to be the center of attention and the star. And I think this is a way you can naturally be, have a story and be naturally as a star, naturally different to the rest. Well, what a story! And you know he's in a loving household. I've seen how much you adore that little kid, and he's um he's beautiful. You know, and so the, what is the difference at the end of the day? There's no difference. He's a little human. No difference. He's a little just human. gone through a different process. Uh, you know, then then to be honest, I totally agree the process you've gone through is much more thoughtful than myself. I don't reckon I reckon you've probably put more thought into it than, you know, my first nine the nine months of my baby being you know, growing in my wife's stomach. I I couldn't imagine. Like I wasn't thinking for nine months before that. About the process, it's um yeah, it is crazy. It's it's mind boggling. It's so controlled. And I don't, I, don't, I know I, I know you got to, you wanted to ask me some stuff about domain, so I won't, I won't take up too much time about the surrogacy. But it is. <laughs> no, and to and be it's honest, not, it's I, way more interesting than the shit I want to bring up. But <laughs> we will get there. Thank you for. I think that up. <laughs> I think the I think the the, the 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 toughest part for us going through the journey and having Taylor in America 
growing the bub is you you with your wife you see the journey you see it and i mean it's 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 a blessing and it's a curse we don't get to see her develop like we would still video chat every couple of days she'd send us photos all the time we would be there on um facetime during the scans and all that when when it was going happening but you're not there you're not there in the moment and it's and it's different however the good side is that when she's having really foul days we're also not there, so her husband has to can deal with that. Her yeah, husband yeah. can deal with the the moodiness uh, and the anger. But 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 we, I feel like that's the only thing that I feel like I wish we could we could do surrogacy legally, commercial surrogacy in Australia, because you are literally you would do it with a surrogate who you can actually be in their life and yeah. while they're going through the pregnancy. Um, and you don't have to, you know, see them. At, and we were lucky enough to see them when she was three months pregnant. So we saw the little, the little, the little tyke. But our friends didn't. They, when we went up there, they hadn't had the transfer yet because of the delay. So they met their surrogate. Their surrogate hadn't been transferred yet. But the first time they then saw their surrogate pregnant with their daughter was two weeks before she gave birth. Wow. We were lucky enough to see Kayla at three months and go to a scan and actually be there in person. But a lot of a lot of people don't. So that's that's the that's the the I suppose the thing that that we miss out on is that. Yeah. And it's and when you talk about that being thoughtful, it's something that a lot of heterosexual or people heterosexual who go through traditional pregnancies take for granted is the fact that they're that their you know their partner is going through this and they get to see it every day and see the growth. Yeah, yeah it's become um, it's it's just there and yeah it's there. the things the things we end up sort of disregarding or missing sometimes can be right in front of us because of how familiar and just yeah. every day it is. I appreciate so. that. Um, what is, for me, uh, you know, I feel like I've become more emotional or there's been some triggers from having a child that have made me connect more emotionally to different situations. What's been the biggest change for yourself, Angelo, as, you know, becoming a dad for the first time? Defensive. I'm, maybe not defensive, protective. Incredibly protective, and I think I and people say it, and my mum always said, "You will not understand till you have a kid how much you would you would give your life for them." And it's yeah, it's so different. Like I, you, if if anyone, if there's even a side eye that looks at under the wrong way, <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> you know, I that's that's been the biggest thing, and the love, yeah. and just unconditional love and my biggest mm. worry and with number two is I don't even know if there's enough love left like if there's even enough part peace in my heart and you can probably answer this I th- no <laughs> literally said the same thing it's it, weird like but it's it's there dude it's I think love is like this thing you can tap into and whether it's you know everything is love you know some people believe that love is like this you know greater power not just love for a partner it's like this energy it's this mm-hmm. bliss it's definitely accessible and it, and it comes. And I and like the first one, turns on, right? You're like, oh, my God, this kid, I love the shit out of them. I just, yeah, I can't believe how much I love my daughter and I love my son and I love my wife. You know, although I love my family, but it's just, it's grown and it gets better and bigger. It's beautiful, man. And that's it, because I, I feel like it's, it's it, in my mind, I'm like, oh, love is you know, a finite amount like this, and it's split the moment, and Hunter's taking this much, and I don't know if there's enough love left for yeah, another yeah, one, yeah. but it's good. I know a lot of people say that's like, yeah. not a worry, and you filled me with, like, you reassured me to go, you know what, that's the same thing I thought as well, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's my that's my biggest worry. This is my biggest yeah. concern at the moment with number two. Um, but yeah, like, defensiveness, uh, protectiveness, and just love is probably the, the one thing, um, and realizing how quick they are and how clever they are and you look at them and you think of how quick and how clever yeah i can't take my eye off him at the moment he's just he's so fast yeah oh man it sounds like you're in love 
and uh, congratulations. It, Thank it's you. so happy. I just that's what I take from that story. It's it's a happy result, and I guess that's what people who are going through the process are striving for. And sometimes it might not get the result that they are after straight away. But as you've said, your recommendation was um, take the all in package. Hey, yeah, to, to, yeah. If you want, if you want that security, just do the just do the guarantee because no matter yeah. what happens, and there are hurdles. Um, and don't you know what? If you're impatient, <laughs> um, and you and you, I don't want to say you strive for perfection, but if you're impatient and you can't deal with setbacks, you you're going to be in for a rough ride with surrogacy because it is incredible. You have to be incredibly patient, and you have to and you get setbacks at every step. Um, and our, our birth was pretty, our whole journey was pretty smooth, but there were setbacks that, that came like the egg donor. And then there was, they, they screwed up some lab results and they said that I wasn't a match with Kayla because, and they ended up having the wrong Kayla's results. Um, and they said I had to pick a new surrogate after we'd already developed a relationship just before we did the transfer. And then they said, actually, no, we, it's fine. We got, we looked at the wrong results. Kayla's fine. And we lived, you know, we had like three days or four, you know, two or three days before we got to speak to the IVF, to the to Dr. Kumar about it going, fuck, we have to pick another surrogate. Shit, we have to pick another surrogate. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's, a, there's setbacks all the time. It's a, it's a roller coaster. It really is. Pregnancy is a roller coaster, but when you throw in surrogacy as well, even more of a roller coaster. Because you've got the roller coaster before the transfer that you don't normally, yeah. that you wouldn't normally have. And you see that and it's all transparent. Whereas, you know, heterosexual couples that are trying and they're just not, not being successful, there's still setbacks, but you don't know the specifics. Whereas seeing the whole transparency in the journey beforehand and knowing about what elements are the setbacks, I think is worse. Yeah. Wow. It's and the, harder. Um, it's the six flags of childbirth strap in on a roller coaster and, and ride. Well, um, man, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, it's, it's fascinating, and and I hope people have um, stuck around now to hear the sh- the shittiness I'm bringing up. You know, just like it's doesn't compete. But I will get to I will get to it because I did promise myself that I would talk to you about this. I initially reached out to you uh, to talk to you about this only, and I didn't have a podcast then, and I knew your story from afar of the surrogacy journey but not in that depth. And I'm so glad I have a podcast now to hear that from you. So that thank you again for sharing. So um, change gear. I feel like I need some sort of sound effect to change gear here. <laughs> so my domain that I power through Venture IP is tommyjacket.com. You can check it out. It's my website. I've got another website called vidpod.com.au, which is my video and podcast production business. Uh, one domain that I... Um, I let lapse, Angelo, is tommyjacket.com.au. And I went to purchase that to set up a subdomain for tommyjacket.com. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, some bloke, person, don't even know, monster, has purchased tommyjacket.com.au. So can I just tell you the rabbit hole that I'm going down at the moment, Angelo? I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm actually spelling jacket correctly. Jacket, two T's, two T's. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, so, can I just tell you this process and where I'm up to now mm-hmm. in this rabbit hole? So, I went to VentraIP.com. They've got a Whois lookup system, which basically allows you to see who has registered the domain. I'm not telling you, Angelo, because you know this stuff. I'm telling people listening. No, no. Because uh, you're, you're well ahead of it. I put in TommyJacket.com.au. And up pops the information of the person who has registered this. Mm-hmm. The name on it is Zachary Carter. The ABN is a bunch of digits, 
And I took that ABN and then went to the ABN lookup, which is mm-hmm. Australian business name. I searched in that business ABN and I found a business called Agreco Generator Rentals Proprietary Limited. Now, I found a phone number for Agreco Generator, Generator Rentals Proprietary Limited. I called them this morning before our conversation and I asked for Zachary Carter and lovely receptionist. So sweet. And, yep, no problem. I'll just get Zachary for you. And I'm on hold, and then it hung up. And I'm like, oh, God, that was a bit odd. Called back, spoke to another lovely person, asked for Zachary Carter. Type, type, type. Have you told your name at this point? Have you told your name at this point? Yeah, yeah, I said I'm Tommy, but not really telling you much because I wanted to see if this person, you know, was legit. Turns out Zachary Carter does not work isn't anywhere in the system at Agrico Generator Rentals, Proprietary Limited. I got transferred to the marketing manager, Reese. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Told him the story. And he told me that this has happened in the past. Someone's used their ABN. And just, just FYI, you need an ABN, Australian business name, registration number, to register a .au domain in Australia. A comma, you, so, need, yeah, you need an dot, ABN and ACN. You need to be a company. Or a, yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at. Uh, what can I do? And it looks like it's been purchased for how many years? I'm sure you've uh, got can't, You can't tell. I can't tell. Uh, expiry dates aren't shown for AU domains. So, I, yeah, um, w- so you can't actually tell. But- so, so there. So you spoke to the Agrico Generator Rentals PTY Limited, which is the listed registrant on the domain name license. So they're the entity that essentially, because you never own a domain name, you lease the license to you to to use it for a period of time. So they're the they're the legal entity that is leasing the license. But you've spoken to Agrico, this particular company, and they've advised you they have no idea what this domain name is. Yes. And someone's just used them. That is a pretty common thing in the industry. It's called um, Yubu, Yubu, which is unauthorized business use, which is where they're using, say, for example, someone's using someone else's ABN and registering it as an eligibility. They're going to ABR, clicking a random number, finding the, the one ABN and using that. The good news for you, Tommy, is they are the legal registrant. They're the one that's legally entitled to the domain. Think of it. It's not really an asset. I'll, I'll use the phrase asset loosely because I don't think it's the whole argument I'm not going to spur an argument as to whether domains are assets or not but essentially they're the one that are legally that are legally entitled to the license of that domain name so if they don't have any idea what it is you could theoretically get them to submit to their registrar it's with GoDaddy at the moment um they have to do it because they're the, they're the entity to say we don't know what this domain name is we want to tra- we want to take control of it because it's got our company name on it it's an asset of theirs then they can transfer it to you Wow, that's the good. That's the good news. Um, the bad news is that they have to do that. You can't do that. Um, yeah. You can't do that. How for high up at the company would someone need to be to authorize this? Or you can actually, they can go to Outa. Agreco can go to AUDA, um, the regulatory body for AU domains, and advise Outa that this was a someone's been someone has registered this domain with their ABN that's not authorized. They're not. It wasn't them that did it. Outa will then basically go through their process and they'll the domain will get deleted. However, when it gets deleted, it goes onto the drop list. So then it's publicly available as to when it's going to drop. And the same thing could happen again. Someone else could snap it up and this time not use a Yubu. So what I'm basically trying to say is not officially, so I'll officially blur my face out. We spoke to a dentist, we can't show you his face, but he recommends Colgate. This is yeah. the same sort of situation. 
yes, they can go to Outer and say it was an unauthorized use of the business business use and they, Outer will delete the domain. There's no guarantee you'll get it. However, if they go to GoDaddy and say, this is the registrar, and say, we want control of this domain and just just be like, hey, it's our registrar, we're the registrant on the domain. We want control of it. Um, for whatever reason, they could say they're, you know, they, they're old web designer registered it, put it in their ABN. GoDaddy will give them control of it and then they can transfer it to you or, or they can complete a change of registrant so that you become the registrant of the domain. That at least will be more likely that you'll actually end up with the domain name opposed to them going to Outer. Theoretically, yeah. they should be going to Outer and saying it's unauthorized use of business. But that's my advice I would be giving you is try to get them to go to, to GoDaddy and say, hey, we want our asset back, get control of it and then do a change of registrant to hand it over to you. Yeah, wow. Because at least that guarantees mean- that you're going to get it. I mean, I've robbed a CEO of an hour of his time. Uh, what is the in for getting someone at a company that is huge like this? They're a global business. They've got yeah. an Australian headquarters. <laughs> How am I going to do that? What's What do you think? What, what's my approach? <sighs> who do I need to get to do it? Like, wh- who do I need to get to send that email? The marketing manager? Most likely the marketing manager. They would, if I'm thinking if, it was, if the domain was registered with us, Tommy Jacket and a gecko, it was happening all the time. Uh, and it's not even just from unauthorized business use. It's normally, normally the, the situation is the web developer who did the right thing will put the client's ABN on the domain. They'll set it up, but then the client will never get the login details and then the domain will expire. The client's website will go offline. The client will do a who is lookup and go, this is my domain. It's with Synergy, which is us. Call Synergy and say, I need to renew my domain. We'll go, it's in someone else's account. You're the registrant, complete this process and you can have recovery and then you recover the domain. So it's a very common, it's a very common thing that happens. Um, Normally, with the circumstances that are uh, the, the the actual entity has a reason to want the domain because it's expired, not they've used the domain, uh, they've used their ABN on the domain, and they have no idea this exists. <sighs> it's a hard one. It's a hard one. It is a hard one. I there, it would be someone who has who has the authority to act on. I don't know. I don't know specifically what GoDaddy require. Um, in our case, we require a stat deck and the ABN certificate. Um, and the stat deck basically has to say, I have authority to act on behalf of a letter, basically, and then a stat deck to, to attest that the letter is correct and valid. Uh, I have authority to act on behalf of this ABN. I am a director. I am a secretary. I am a senior manager. Um, please assist me in recovering this domain. I don't know what GoDaddy yeah. GoDaddy's would be very similar, very similar process. Yeah. yeah. You're probably better off getting them to go to Outer because it's less effort for them to instruct Outer to delete the domain because of uh, an unauthorized business use. However, have you emailed the Zachary address that's the registrant contact? Is there a contact? Address? There is an email address there. Yeah, you have to use the who is. You have to use out as who is. Um, if you, you go, I don't have that. Is that a uh, do you pay no, for no, that it's, service? It's publicly or? available. It's publicly available. I'm just trying to see if our who is list lists it because we can't show you the email address. Oh, now I'm going to get a, a capture on our, on our own who is in our own office. It's capturing me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it says here yeah, status. It says, oh, hang on. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say, okay. Um, all right. Yeah, it doesn't return the email address of the registrant. If you go to outers who is, which is who is, so H, H, God damn it, W-H-O-I-S dot A-U-D-A dot L-T-D. Yeah. Which is the outer registry who is lookup. You'll have a capture there. So you type Tommy Jacket and then the, the characters. And it will tell you that's, this is the public who is. This is ours directly. And that will give you the contact information for the registrant. And you have to put a contact detail. You have on. to put an email address. You don't have a telephone number. You've got an email address. So this is how, yeah. So and that you, it's basically the same output that there's the email address field is. It looks dodgy, doesn't it? 
the it's like it's just a random couple of letters yeah. and then his name with dot. I don't know if it's going to bounce that email. It might bounce, but that that yeah. that is a play because they've got. Granted, they no, I shouldn't even be encouraging this. No, no, no. I like because they can't, one, they can't act one. on behalf of the entity because they're technically not allowed to. But if you say, "Hey, I know," stop being a dick. They can't theoretically transfer it because they can't be do a chain of registration because they're not the entity. But there might be something that they could. Yeah. I'm going to leave that as a gra- and leave it as unsaid. Bunch of steps back. Why would someone do this to me? I feel you know, <laughs> alienated. You know, assaulted. The fact all those that things. they've done it. Look, the fact I know that why. If it was a genuine one where they've done it and they're sitting uh, sitting on the domain name and trying to sell it back to you, that happens all the time. That one I see. This one where they've used an unauthorized business use of a someone else's ABN. That uh, that seems like it's just intentional to block you from registering it. And the fact that there's no website and it shows nothing. The same thing happened recently with, I think it was Pauline Hansen. There was Pauline oh, Hansen's domain do expired. Do not compare me to Pauline Hansen. <laughs> no, no, but someone registered, re-registered it with, yeah. with uh, someone, I think Paul Hansen ABN, a sole trade ABN, but they weren't Paul Hansen. They literally picked it on a, from ABR to register the domain. Just wow. so, and then it was untraceable that as to who it actually was that registered it. Outer ended up deleting it because it was a unauthorized business use. But in that case, it was maliciously, it was malicious action, which is why they yeah. picked an ABN off ABR rather than using their own. That's the only reason I can think of because there is no sanity in them using an unauthorized ABN that's not theirs because they don't have rights to the domain. It's not theirs now. Yeah. They've basically registered it. And given the domain and paid for it with GoDaddy, but basically given it to Agrico Generators uh, Generator Rentals PTY Limited yeah. for free, because now one of their assets, well, their assets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, this podcast is brought to you by Agrico. If you're after a generator, make sure you get onto them. Agrico.com. Uh, for all your Best generation generators. needs. Yeah. See, the, I have to get in with them because they need to feel like they're being rewarded for helping a bloke like me. <laughs> I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a coupon. You can give them free hosting for a year. Oh, that's and a great idea. <laughs> 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 oh, Angelo, thanks, mate, for coming on the show. Really, Good luck with really it. appreciate Good luck with it. it. Honestly, um, yeah, let me know how it goes. I'm, I'm I'm keen to follow this story. Yeah, the rabbit hole goes deeper and. Um, Oh, good luck with the next bub on the way. This is very exciting. It's going to be going to be. I don't know. One one is a challenge, but two is going to be even. Yeah, two. Uh, what did my sister, my sister say the other day? One is one. Two is twenty-two. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got more staff than twenty-two, so you'll do this easily. Oh, you sure? Uh, you're you're all good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much for your time, Tommy.